Hello and welcome to the Event Lab podcast, your window into the events conversation, brought to you by Hirespace. With our studio closed due to COVID-19, we're having a slight deviation from our scheduled programming. Instead of our regular show, we're bringing you some of the most popular talks from the last Event Lab, and we will continue to bring you helpful content to help you ride out isolation and emerge wiser and better informed on the other side. This episode, we have a talk from Carsten Pleiser, co-founder of Debuff, on sourcing the right event technology. Then, a talk from Phoebe Cherry, former creative specialist at SmartLive and corporate events consultant. She shares her top tips for creating format-breaking corporate experiences. But first, a quick message from our sponsors. Today's episode of the Event Lab podcast is brought to you by Yahire. If you're looking to hire quality furniture or catering equipment for your next event, the experienced team at Yahire can help. Yahire provides a wide range of product styles available to hire for all types of events. Find out more at yahire.com and don't forget to check our new range of bespoke made in London furniture. Yahire, award-winning furniture hire. Excited to uh, be here today uh, to run this session or this one-hour workshop about event tech. Um, my name is Carsten Pleiser. It's a German name, so don't you don't have to uh, pronounce it right. Uh, I'm the CEO of a company called Event Tech Tribe. Uh, we're basically an alliance of best-in-craft technologies working together, and we believe that uh, planners should have the choice to choose really the best-in-craft of each solution instead of having these all on in all in one solutions at hand. So kind of that's uh, the general mindset. Um, two things uh, before we go into the details. I won't be making any predictions in terms of what the next big thing will be in event tech because I had it, we had it all before. Uh, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm also not recommending any solutions here. This is not going to be a sales pitch or a sales, or, or, you know, a sales fest or whatever. I'm going to keep it really, really like transparent and open. Okay, so. The learning outcomes for today should be the following. So I'll give you an overview of what's happening in event tech right now at the moment, so you get a picture of what's going on. Um, I want to help you understand kind of like the differences between a trend in event tech and a fad. Um, is this pronounced right, fad? Yeah, cool. <laughs> and then I also want to introduce you to a small framework which you can use uh, in your own group, in your own company, to actually evaluate your event tech and um, see if it really adds any value to either your stakeholders, your attendees, or your sponsors, or your team actually as well. It's uh, very important too. Um, and then uh, the most important thing is I'm going to have lots of resources for you to take home. So if anything, you're going to walk away with at least like five or six different tools you can use or little uh, like um, platforms you can use to find out about event tech. So if anything, hopefully this will be uh, a value add there. A little gimmick beforehand, I mean before we start, I know does anyone have too many email inboxes, newsletter, too many newsletters in the email inbox every day? Yeah? Uh, I want to give you a, a nice tool I found this morning, and this is basically, it's like a tool which you can subscribe to, and basically it allows you to, um, it's called Leave Me Alone, but app. So Leave Me Alone, at app, it's very cool. Like this morning I unsubscribed for 173 emails in five minutes. It basically gives an overview of all your emails that you subscribe to, and you can click, 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 and everything is unsubscribed. It's a really good time saver. So that's just a, a little uh, giveaway uh, before we start. Cool. Okay. So a bit background about uh, me. Just one minute. I'm, I don't like to be uh, 
going on about this. Um, so I um, started about an event tech about 10 years ago with a company called Amiando Xing Events back in Munich. I was actually a normal employee there. And um, after a few years working there, I, I, we were growing the team from 10 people to like 70 people in one year. It was a growing startup. Uh, I changed over to the UK um, and worked for a company called Aventry. Uh, about three years ago, I left Adventure completely and I'm independent. I'm a consultant, so I don't work with any of these companies. But over the last three years, I've been working with about a dozen or so event tech suppliers. And this helped me really understand, okay, what's going on inside, what are the trends. Uh, I equally, I worked with uh, many brands uh, during my time um, on the event tech implementation side. So companies like Airbus Group and Lufthansa Group and BAR in London and uh, 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 many, many other uh, uh, companies uh, that I worked with. And I'm also a guest lecturer at the University of Greenwich for event tech sometimes, every once in a while. <laughs> um, I also used to run my own events called Founders and Creators Talks. I absolutely love the events industry. I love the creativity of the industry. I love being with the people. I just love, the, I love, I just love it. <laughs> so that's why I ended up uh, uh, still being here in this industry. So before we start into the nitty-gritty things, um, on your little table, uh, you have a little code uh, for the Glissa app. If anyone of you has never used Glissa before, it's an awesome tool to uh, engage. But I'm with such a small group here anyway, so we can just raise our arm. But if you want to use Glissa, you can as well. <laughs> and to do that, you just go your to your browser on your Safari or iPhone or Android. You type in this link, and you'll be able to engage with the presentation. But we're small, so small anyway, it doesn't really make uh, such a big difference. Okay, so a quick question for you. How many, how many business events do you think each year take place in the UK alone? Any estimations? How many business-to-business -business events or business events in the UK alone each year? A million? Oh, that's okay. Very, very <laughs> that's very good. 276,006, right? 78,006, okay. Any other guesses? Five million. Okay, that's a really good guess. Okay, any uh, any other suggestion? Any other? Okay, so the actual number is, uh, I have to always do this. There we go. 1.3 million business events each year in the UK alone. That's a pretty huge uh, amount if you think about it. Um, I gathered the, the information from a, a Eventbrite uh, report called Pulse. It's pretty cool actually. Um, so the industry is actually uh, there's. They're expected to grow, events are expected to grow by 33% by the year 2022. And I gotta look at my numbers here. The average industry growth is 11%. So events are actually growing like twice, three times as much as any other industry uh, in the UK. And globally, just to be precise here, when we talk about event tech, we're not talking about the audiovisual stuff and the hardware, we're talking about like apps and cloud uh, you know, products and all this. So, the cloud event tech market has been growing 14.3% uh, in the last year alone. And uh, this in itself is a, a $4 billion industry, just event tech. Can you imagine? Like, it's a, it's a huge market. Problem is, for you guys, I mean, you all have so many other things to do. You don't have no time to look for what's going on there, what's out there, and what's going to be work best for my, uh, for my event and for my team. You have very short timelines as well. Your event timeline, you cannot predict everything like for years and years in advance. Uh, you have a very short budget as well. I mean, you don't always get uh, event tech budget. Another thing is adoption rates. Like, especially when it comes to like attendee-facing apps, 
Um, adoption rates is always a big problem, but also internally, the team, sometimes we see, like I used to work for like larger companies and they bought this million dollar, like, I don't know, million dollar product is a bit over, overestimated, but they bought like a lot software license for about $30,000 a year and the entire team, they, no one was using it because there was no adoption internally. So it's a big problem. I mean, you spend all this money on an event tech platform and you don't really get any usage out of it. Uh, it's prone to fail. I mean, you don't get any benefit out of it. You just get a headache. That's it. Um, and yeah, these are kind of like the challenges at the moment. Uh, it's very hard for you to, uh, to keep up. Um, another thing is it's very expensive to buy technology. Um, yeah, it's uh, very low adoption rates. And yeah, every day there's a new player coming into the market who's going to be the next big thing. And yeah, it's a, it's a nightmare. So where are we now in terms of the actual the, the trends or what's going on? So there's four waves here. The first wave, 2000, 2008 approximately, online registration and ticketing was like a big thing. Uh, that was when I was started at Amiando. It was a, a big, huge thing there back in the days. Um, event mobile apps uh, was the second phase. Um, audience engagement like Glissa and Slido was kind of like the third phase. Everyone was like hyped about this. And then the fourth phase uh, now, which we are currently in, is virtual reality, augmented reality, and also AI. I actually hate the word AI because AI, a computer is not AI, it's not intelligent. It's just like um, it's pretty much uh, fabricated knowledge. <laughs> you know, you basically program something into the computer to learn, and he learns better over the time. Um, that was probably the worst description of AI, but <laughs> it's, it's really one of these buzzwords. So the first three waves are gone. They are like, almost like uh, commodities. Everyone knows event mobile apps, everyone knows registration, everyone knows like Slido and Glista and all these, co all these cool tools. Um, I'm not saying that uh, they, are, they are outdated, no, but by no chance. I mean, they are still very, very important and they're still getting lots of investment and lots of uh, you know, support. But I'm just saying that they, they are kind of expected to be in your event tech stack, in your event portfolio. Uh, if you don't have that, any of those, you're kind of like lacking behind your peers a little bit because they're just such a basic need to have those three elements in any event. And um, yeah, we kind of accept, accept them in our event tech uh, toolbox. But also, one thing I wanted to mention is there are suppliers or providers in each of those segments which have decided proactively to go very in-depth into the technology. And so you have like tools that go really deep into event registration. And they do not everything on a high-level basis. They do event registration very deep with very many features uh, in order to help you um, provide a better user experience. And this is very interesting because it's a shift in the market from all the end-to-end -end software platforms that are out there to like specialized players who cover any of those markets, like Glissa for audience engagement, like, I don't know, um, uh, I don't want to, Swoogle or whatever for online registration. Um, they go really in-depth into um, these different areas and they provide an amazing value because they're just easy to use. Uh, everything works really um, uh, uh, seamless and everything is super like user experience focused. So, so don't ever say like, um, Oh, event event red is just like a transactional thing. Ah, I don't I don't care about this anymore. Look about the solutions that I go really into into depth about these functions. So next up, we have um, kind of like the trends versus fads. Can you name any? Do you know any? I mean, hiding this Pokemon Go there. What do you think is like a 
was like a big trend in the event industry, which never really boomed. I, I always find the Google Glasses, like, they never really worked. I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Like, you, everyone was so excited about Google Glasses. Wearing these glasses around the event doesn't really... Uh, no one wants to do that. <laughs> uh, Pokemon Go was one as well. <laughs> I mean, basically, um, fads, you know, just come overnight. They're usually hyped by, like, social media or viral campaigns or whatever. And they usually last for only a short period of time. Versus trends, they, they go, like, slowly and they evolve over time. And they really evolve around attendee needs uh, long term. I find the, the biggest gains at the moment for, for trends are, are project management software, uh, check-in apps are really important, team communication tools, engagement tools. Um, overall, every technology that helps you increase your operational efficiency, um, every tool that helps you become more strategic about your event data, every tool that's kind of like really helping your team or your stakeholders or your attendees have a better experience are trending. Everything that's used to be like, um, oh, we want to have this tool because we want to impress our attendees, that's kind of cool to have, that's going to be, I think, a fad, that's going to be gone. So I guess the, the best tip really is using your peer-to-peer -peer network. So your friends, your friends around you, your industry colleagues. And it doesn't always have to be like face-to-face -face like this one, it can also be online. And there's really, really cool uh, groups online, and we're going to come to this section after the, the, the main part, the resource section. But there's, for example, LinkedIn groups like Event Marketing, Event Marketing Pros, but also uh, Facebook groups like you know, Event Technology Help from Adam Perry, really good one. I'm going to come to this later on. People just asking questions and getting general feedback from people who have actually used the technology to see uh, how it works, what the benefits are, and asking for real feedback. Another cool platform is Quora. Do you know Quora? It's a kind of like um, a social network, but it's really like under the cover, really. Like not very many people know it. It's basically, who knows, who knows Quora? That's out of interest. One, two. You don't know, know, know Quora? Kind of. Um, so it's like a question and answer platform uh, with about how many people are on there? 100, and mil 100 million monthly users back in the days, so a lot of users on there. And you can basically ask questions. You can ask questions about anything, and you get answers in like no time. And people can upvote the answers. So it's a very good tool to just ask questions. Be really careful about thought leaders. I mean, <laughs> I must say, when I read like about my description in this blog, I was like, Cast is a thought leader. I hate this word. I'm not, I'm not a thought leader at all, because I, don't, I just like the space. But be careful about the word thought leaders because some of them are paid to say something. They're paid to have their little um, you know, review on their blog or on their website. Um, they're sponsored ads, of course. People have to make money, of course. That's, that's normal. But make sure you know that oh, you, you kind of like cross-check the reviews with your peers um, to make sure that's actually true what they're saying. Really, like, really good thought leaders will only promote things that are actually have been used by themselves. Uh, yeah, listen to them if you, if you can. I mean, they are in the position for, for a reason, but always look to get additional um, validation from your, from your um, peers um, to get a well-rounded perspective. Just out of interest, like in the UK here, I would say, like for me personally, I think the biggest five industry influencers, in my opinion, are uh, Adam Perry from Event Tech Live. You know him probably. Uh, Adam Perry, Abby, Abby Cannons from Read Innovations. She's really cool. James Morgan. James Morgan is the guy who runs Event Tech Lab. 
ask him anything on Facebook. He's in the group. He will always answer, give you the right answer for this. Like if you have any questions or anything about event tech, he will give you an unbiased answer. Um, and then in the US, we have Julius Solaris, obviously, uh, Corbin Ball. Hopefully, it's not going to be in recorded here, but Corbin Ball has been doing this for, I don't know, 100 years or so, it feels like. And yet, as people generally in the um, event tech groups, uh, Neil Mortimer is another one I can highly recommend speaking to. Um, but there's probably many more I forgot now. Sorry for this, <laughs> if, I, if I didn't mention you. <laughs> um, so yeah, these are kind of like the, the ways how you can really cut through the noise and, um, and find out what's really going on. Okay, so now uh, you understand kind of like where we are with event tech right now. You understand the differences between event tech fad and trend. And you understand kind of like a little bit where to find out information. Let's go into the... Um, point where we actually go into selecting event tech. Trends are obviously helpful, um, but you um, should only really consider what's really important for you and for your event and for your company. Really no right or wrong answer because you don't always need event tech, you know? I mean, if you've been using, literally, people say always like, this tool will replace Excel and this tool will replace Airtable or whatever, but actually, Hey, if it's working for you, I mean, don't change it. I mean, it's fine. If your team works quicker, faster, and more efficiently on Excel, that's fine. Let's do it. Do it like this way. You know, it's no, there's no reason to change. Um, there's also many, many cloud-based tools which are great for event management, event planning, like Airtable. It's almost like a database where you can almost like plan your registrations and you can plan everything there. And uh, it's, it's basically a database of everything. They got received a million, like a, a really huge funding. Check them out. And there's a special section. Uh, if you type in, in Google Airtable plus event management, you find very many templates to use. And they're just working fine. I mean, you know, for smaller events, it's fine to do that. Um, think about the future as well. Do you want to be tied into a three years, four years contract with like suppliers or do you want to stay agile? Everything changes so quickly. Like every year, like we have new things coming up. So think about it. Do you want to actually sign this contract or do you want to have this, uh, maybe a year's contract or half a year or whatever or per event basis where you have much more flexibility to actually um, get the value out of the software or the tools or whatever? Uh, what else is important to you? Uh, geographic location, support team, uh, customer success is also the, it's the most important thing actually these days. If you buy software or technology or apps and you have no one to support it, then you're lost. You know, you need someone actually to help you with the onboarding. And this brings something to mind. Sorry, I'm, ge I'm, I'm getting quite uh, passionate about this here. But there's um, also the new role that's evolving, which is the role of the event technologist. That's going to be a new role. Um, it's going to be be more and more and more and more important. I mean, literally, like this is uh, probably the most crucial role that's going to evolve over the next few years. Um, these persons are, these people are in between marketing and event and they bring everything together and they inform the team and they train the team and this is awesome. So also think about your, your overall company risk profile. Is your company more like a Lamborghini? fast and crazy for new things or is it more like a Volvo, like super secure and yeah, you want to stay with something that's uh, been established in the market for many years, you know, that's kind of like also something to consider. And I mean, the fact that you actually in this session here helps you as well on a professional development basis because if you know what's going on, you are, you are learning, you are learning great new things and you're improving your skills, you become better for yourself and you know, who no one ever said like you learn too much in your life. It's always like constant learning. The next thing is I want to introduce you to a little framework. So basically, it's a, it's a very simple decision framework to decide, okay, what are the different touch points with my attendee? 
in every, every part of the journey. How does Eventech deliver value in each of those different touch points? And then, what technology can help us solve this problem? Very simple. So I'll give you three examples, and then I'll hand over to you to maybe think about your own events, um, a couple of touch points, and see like, how you can improve that with the technology. So one thing is about like, the process is, okay, attendees first, learn about your event. Okay, that's all clear. Um, how event tech delivers value? Well, a fully brandable event website and a great registration experience, you know, make a great first impression. People register. And what technology should I be using? Use event registration tools that also have marketing features. Great. Done. Tick. Uh, these are basically not, not in order. That's like some uh, examples here uh, randomly. Um, one example could be attendees pick up uh, the badge at the registration, which is really nice and efficient today at Event, Tech, uh, at event Lab. Um, so what is the value? Speed up lines, no queuing lines, no frustrated attendees. What technology should you be using? Self-check-in kiosks, uh, beacons, facial recognition. Depending on the budget, depending on the risk profile, depending on your entire team, depending on your event, depending on your audience. These are all factors to, to consider because you, know, you don't always need all of these. Q&A sessions. Some people, especially in larger rooms with more than 40 people, they don't want to raise their arm and uh, ask a question. You guys are all fine with that, but some people don't want to do that. Um, so how can we increase engagement? Of course, so Q&A sessions is a touch point. Uh, event tech delivers value by allowing people to not have to speak into a microphone or raise their hand. Well, technology can be audience engagement tools like Glissa or Slido or whatever, and engagement tools to collect their feedback and their questions. There we go. So that's a nice value add uh, technology mapped against a real uh, attendee uh, pain point or experience. So yeah, I guess the, the key takeaways until now are um, don't use tech to impress, um, improving uh, operational efficiency instead of uh, chasing shiny new objects. Um, also evaluate what you already have in place. I missed that point. So you might be already using some event tech and you might not use it to the full potential. So maybe using, I don't know, yeah, or a C event or a Ventry or whatever, like use some of software and you're not using it to the full potential, maybe get someone in from the customer success team, get you trained up. Invest in a workshop for two, for two days and learn to use the software to the full potential. You know, you'll be amazed how many things you can do with software and you don't really get this communicated in the sales process because people show you the demonstration of it and that's it. And um, yeah, make use of those resources. Most companies are implementing uh, customer success managers these days, which are just there, just there to help you become really successful. Um, so definitely make, ask the vendor to come in and do a workshop or a training session. Um, and then yeah, map the attendee touch points with event tech value. And if there's no value there, just don't use the technology. Simple as that, don't use it. There's no point to invest into the ne next fancy thing. And again, I, I work uh, independently. I'm not paid by any company or anything. Like, well, I, I'm, I work as as the CEO of Event Tech Tribe, but we like again, we like the uh, we have the mindset of um, of bringing together Event Tech from all kinds of specialties and making them work together nicely, and giving our end customers the ability to do really best in craft, which I think is very important these days. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that session a little bit. Um, if not, uh, please provide feedback as well. If it wasn't that good, uh, I would love to learn and improve. Um, apart from that, I head home and see my baby, pick my, my little baby boy from nursery in about an hour. <laughs> and um, thank you so much. Next up, 
Phoebe Cherry, former creative specialist at SmartLive and corporate events consultant, shares top tips for creating format-breaking corporate experiences. But first, a quick message from our sponsors. Hire Space Professional. Are you a corporate meetings and events planner with a packed calendar of events? Hirespace Professional streamlines the whole event booking process from venue supplier sourcing, standardized digital venue contracts, and even event delivery. Hirespace Professional is here to save you both valuable time and money. To discover the benefits of Hirespace Professional, email hspro at hirespace.com. My name is Phoebe. I'm an independent events and communications consultant. I used to be managing director for um, a live events agency producing large-scale um, creative events for various different corporate companies. Uh, and these days, as a consultant, I advise different companies on how to engage and connect with their audience through the medium of live events, uh, predominantly through kind of short-term strategic projects. And um, there are loads of different reasons why we all do events, but we're probably all united in the fact that we want our audience to enjoy our events. We want our audience to remember our events, and we want them to um, inspire some sort of action. So it might be that event to inspire the action or it might be a part of a wider campaign, whether that be um, a purchase, a donation, uh, changing their behavior back in the office. Um, and you know that's quite a big task for an event to, to lead to that action. So uh, we obviously need our events to stand out from the crowd. For me, there are some important first steps in doing that. Um, first of all, it's really important to be really, really clear on your aims and objectives of an event. Uh, with my background in agency, I'm really used to having to get under the skin of a business really, really quickly to learn about their aims and, ob and objectives. My first step is to always work hard to define those. It's amazing sometimes how people organising events don't always have clarity on those, whether it be um, communication issues with your internal stakeholders or whatever it might be. Um, but clarifying why this event is taking place in the first place can actually inspire a lot of your thought process. Um, and as well as just the aims and objectives of that particular event, for me, I think the wider business context is also really important. And at the same time, getting to know your audience, it might sound a really obvious one, but this is so important, uh, whether it be events that you're producing for clients, employees, um, stakeholders, um, getting to know their likes, their dislikes, their preferences, perhaps what events they've been to before, and all of those things, and um, perhaps their specific pain points, specific um, issues they have can really help um, design your event and hopefully come up with something that's a bit different um, in relation to that audience. Um, and then, of course, it's time to get creative, um, pushing, pushing the mould with your ideas. Um, but it has to be done always in context of those first two points. Um, you know, there's, there's loads of different creative ideas that we can do with our events, but they have to be channeled in line with the initial aims and objectives and, of course, be specific to the people that you're actually delivering the event for. To take reference from the world around you is, is a great way to be inspired for some creativity for the events that you put on. Um, so this could be references from popular music, art, TV, events that are happening around the world, festivals, so on and so forth. So I thought I would share a couple of... Um, real-life case studies where um, some great inspiration has been taken from the world. Um, so this first one here is um, I was tasked with coming up with a format-breaking event. The it was a company conference for their employees. Um, they wanted to move away from the typical slide share company update that they were used to. I'm sure many of you have found yourself in that position where it's 
um, just sharing slides, facts and figures, and you want to kind of move away from that. And that was exactly our brief on this particular um, event here. Um, as I said, first steps um, were to gather the objectives, um, to learn about um, the audience. Um, this particular workforce was a heavy millennial population, so we knew we could have a bit of fun, which... Um, which, as you can see, we did. Um, so the full day's content for this event was delivered through the mechanism of a TV channel. So the pictures you can see here were from the plenary session. Um, so we, uh, we tailored their various topics to sections of the news. Um, the financial updates were read from the news desk in the format of the news headlines. Um, the upcoming strategy was delivered in the format of a sports report. And we even dressed two of their colleagues in some sports care. Um, sports gear. Um, the people challenges the company were facing were delivered through a weather report with some interactive content um, and market changes were um, presented through a video as, a, as an international report from overseas. Um, not shown in pictures but after this we then had um, breakouts which were delivered in the form of various different TV shows that were on the channel. So we had um, a Dragon's Den style one, um, we had a live from Glastonbury um, and various others and then we kind of brought all the employees back together at the end of the day and had some question time uh, with the leadership team on stage. Um, so for this event we took inspiration from something as every day as the TV that we all watch and that everybody is familiar with, uh, we really immersed our delegates um, into a concept that they weren't expecting uh, and that they weren't used to. Um, they were the sort of people that had year on year had that, that typical slide share um, facts and figures. And so this was completely format breaking, completely different. And we got the whole inspiration from um, just something as simple as, as TV. Um, Another example is this event, which has been put on by Xero. Um, some of you might be familiar with the company Xero, the accountancy software, as a few nodding heads. Um, so they put on this event that was dubbed Coachella for Accountants. It had, um, it was over 3,000 attendees. This was actually in Brisbane, this particular example. And um, they had um, a wellness sphere. They had five different stages um, designed around the pillars of the business. As you can see, loads of really fun interactive areas and um, the head of events at zero um, said about her event that it provided delegates with a platform to connect participate and learn in ways that were wholly unique to a typical accounting conference um, which i think is a really nice quote and it shows actually and um, that our ideas don't have to be completely unique and um, they just have to feel different for your audience and different to what they might expect and um, so Something like the concept of a festival that we just saw is not a new innovation um, by any stretch, um, but when you take that idea and you apply it to a conference for accountants, it suddenly feels really innovative and feels really different. So moving away from that, this is just another of my um, little tips that I think has worked really well for me in the past of kind of changing up the format of some of the events that we've put on. Um, so this is when you're not able to take the risk of creating something different, um, but you still want your audience to walk away feeling they were hosted at something that was not what they were expecting and a, and a bit of a different experience. And that is my rule of, if in doubt, change one thing. Um, so really simple. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples to kind of elaborate a bit further on, on what I mean by this. This here was an event I produced in the past for a finance and um, pensions and investments company. Essentially, it was a, a conference. Um, so as you can see, we had no chairs. Um, other than that, the event itself remained um, 
pretty much as you would expect, the delegates receive their invitation to their um, financial conference. Um, they were all the sort of normal steps, and you know everything else was sort of the same um, as as, no as normal. Really, there was no kind of dramatic theme. But when you got there, there were actually no chairs. Obviously, we had to change the content delivery around in terms of the the presentation presentations from the stage were sort of short sharp bursts and we had sort of smaller open plan kind of breakout interactions sort of around the space um but otherwise everything else was kind of the same and and all we did was really change the way people um were actually interacting in the space um, and it made such a difference there was amazing feedback from this um in a in a world where typically they were used to the same thing time and time again um and, um, you know, it doesn't also doesn't cost the earth to make a change like that. Um, another uh, sort of similar example is this particular event was um, an industry networking promotional event. Um, so people got their invitations to come to this showcase. Um, there was a three course meal. There was speeches. There was a bit of entertainment, you know, all the things that you'd expect. Um, but people talked about this months and months and months because all we did was just change the layout from the round tables that they had come to expect and we had these two really long tables going through the middle of this vast open space this is at Battersea Evolution um, for any of you that might be familiar with that venue um, and it just felt like something completely different but like I said all we did was change the table layout um, and I quite like this rule because it's a good way that you can apply it, particularly for those of you who said that you're having trouble getting things signed off internally. Um, you're not having to come up with these wow factor concepts that then just might hit a brick wall. Um, it's just about changing one thing, but it can give people a really different experience. And you can do this with um, catering, you know, change up the menu um, style. You could do it with the speaker, come up with a speaker that's totally off topic and not what people would expect. Um, and just pick one thing and focus on changing that one thing and that could actually um, really break the mould with your event and, and create a really different experience. My final tip is about um, collaboration which um, for me is a really really crucial ingredient for coming up with ideas um, and I'm talking about collaborating with your external suppliers and um, collaborating maybe with your clients um, is, is really important um, collaborating internally with colleagues um, that might be colleagues in your immediate events teams or it might also be colleagues outside of your team who come in with a completely different perspective on things and can actually make you think differently um, so for me Many heads are better than one and collaboration is a really, really important ingredient for how some of the best ideas are formed um, when it comes to live events, which is funnily enough what we're going to do right now. Um, so we're going to uh, move on to the workshop section. And that's our show this week. Now is definitely the time for coming together as a community. So do get in contact with us to share any feedback you have and let us know what you'd like to hear more of. If you're feeling cut off, and would like to share a message with the community from isolation, write into us and we'll read it out on the next episode. You can email us at eventlab at hirespace.com. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to rate us on iTunes, Stitcher and the podcasting app of your choice. And you can follow all that we do on Twitter and Instagram using the handle eventlab underscore online. Thanks for listening. <laughs>